Hello there. I believe that I'm live right now. Welcome to the horror show. Have a lot going on today. Um, going to be talking about Cuba. C-U-B-A, four-letter word. Well, why are we talking about Cuba today? Well, something with all these communist countries. For some reason, I had this little tidbit about Cuba stored in the back part of my brain, far into the recesses that emerged. So, a little bit too much to talk about today. So today, I'm going to give you a little bit of background information about Cuba, um, because there's a lot of interesting things going on around there. And Cuba's in the news a lot. And I was probably as confused or more confused about anybody than Cuba because there's all this um, they say that the U.S. and Cuba share a long complex history first as allies and trade partners and later as bitter ideological enemies well we'll see how bitter those enemies are in a bit okay Cuba is big into the medical world they just started vaccinating children as young as two a lot of news about Cuba um, there's been a few of us, we're kind of all working along the different tracks and kind of meeting at the same time. I uh, sent out some information about Cuba earlier, and my friend Pam brought up a very good idea. She said, Castro, you know Castro, Fidel Castro? I'm going to give you the punchline here, but you have to stay around for the rest of the story. Castro, Fidel Castro, what does Castro mean in Spanish? Castar, to castrate. Castador. <laughs> Cuba is not looking real good at this point, right? So let's talk a little bit about the history of Cuba. Now, I don't know that all this is true. I'm just going to tell you what they're saying here, okay? For four centuries after the arrival of that fake Christopher Columbus, Spain ruled Cuba as its main colony in the Caribbean. But the U.S. long coveted the island just off its southern coast. Pretty convenient location there, right? America provided major markets for Cuba's sugar, Tabasco, Tabasco, I meant tobacco, rice, and coffee exports. Yeah, Cuba really imports, exports some things we all need, right? More sugar, more tobacco, and, and, and booze. They also export a lot of booze. While the island played a key role in the transatlantic trade in enslaved Africans. Now, I don't know that African story is true, but they're sticking to it. A lot of blacks in, in Cuba, so they're saying they got them through the slave tribe. So after America helped Cuba break free from the Spanish rule in 1898, the U.S. government con- continued to intervene militarily. <laughs> Surprise, right? And American businesses continued to invest economically, while U.S. mobsters made the island their money laundering playground. But after the Cuban Revolution installed the Western Hemisphere's most stringent social regime in 1959, Got a lot going around in the late 50s and 60s. And they nationalized U.S.-owned businesses in Cuba. Relations quickly frayed. Even the Cold War ended. The cash of capitalists and socialist ideologists continued. So, yeah, so everybody kept pumping kind of slyly money into Cuba, okay? So I'm not going to go through this whole history thing because most of it's probably made up. But anyway, so... In 1818, all those eights, right, Spain opens Cuba ports for international trade, helping make America the island's principal trade partner. Yeah, ship those poisons over here. So everybody's always talking about Cuba. I thought, boy, the people in Cuba must be really bad business, right? Because just on the seventh, a couple days ago, President Josephine Biden, amid an escalation of U.S. hostility toward Cuba, extended the Trading with the Enemy Act for another year. And I'm going to get into another act here, which is pretty critical here, that I 
kind of unburied here, along with this trading of the enemy act, they also snuck in some um, financial acts. So anyway, so <clears throat> this was the first law that serves as a basis of the U.S. blockade and has been renewed annually. This would be since the 50s, right? Every U.S. president since Kennedy first imposed a cruel and putative policy in 1962. Well, closing off Cuba in 1962, right? So what's with this trading of the, with the enemy deal? It's a U.S. federal law enacted on October 6, 1917, that gives the President of the United States the power to oversee or restrict any and all trade relation between the United States and its enemies in time of war. <laughs> I wonder how many enemies they have, right? So it's called the TWEA. Huh. TWEA was amended in 1933, and this is where it gets good, by the Emergency Banking Act to extend the president's authority also in peacetime. It was amended again in 1977 by the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to restrict the application of TWEA only in times of war, while the IEEPA was intended to be used in peacetime. They're putting in all these laws, okay? So, Roosevelt, everybody's favorite psychopath, he used the Trading with the Enemy Act to shut financial institutions and declare a bank holiday to prevent runs on the bank during the Great Depression in 1933. See how this Trading with the Enemy Act starts to come into here? They also have these other acts under the Insurrection Act, and uh, there are several others that I covered, but this is an interesting one. It, this act was also used to outlaw most ownership of gold in an attempt to prop up the gold-backed dollar. All of you people buying gold and silver on YouTube, suckers. The gold ownership ban was lifted by congressional amendment, and gold was no longer used to back printed dollars. Now, that I talked about that back with all that fiat money, okay? That happened exactly 50 years ago. But in 1968, Lyndon Johnson used the law to restrict capital exports. Okay, they could, they can use these laws to do whatever they want. Okay. Essentially, what this is saying, um, they have this still in act right now. So what they're saying is that anytime a U.S. president could declare enemies and they could also declare emergency economic powers. Okay. That is called IEEPA, Title II. Enacted October 1977, authorizing the act was signed by President Jimmy Carter on December 28, 1977. Watch out for those banks, folk. If you think these murdering lying gypsies won't zip out your bank account, I mean, what's the recourse going to be? You got to call them up. You think they're going to deal with you? And this gets interesting about this blockade against Cuba because for all these years, the, the blockade from the U.S. against Cuba, and you'll start to see where I'm going with this in a minute, pretty suspect, right? Because for all these years, Cuba is the bad guy, right? So it's in its sixth, as a number six decade in the year 2022. And it will be as stringent and savage as any time in its history. So, yeah, so they've been doing all these restrictions on Cuba, which doesn't make any sense to me because um, it seems like Cuba is actually their friend. So a couple things about Cuba that we've been looking into here. Cuba is in a pretty good location. I gave you a lot of maps in the show notes and we'll publish those as soon as I'm done talking. Um, I have to look at these maps to orientate myself. So what I've done is I've also included the maps for you guys to look at too. Um, Cuba is in a pretty interesting location when you consider that, 
all these little islands are around there about the around the Yucatan Peninsula and stuff. And also, it's right across from the Miami airport. Well, the Miami airport is one of the busiest airports in the world. Hop, skip from Cuba. And then there are over 80 airlines serving Miami International Airport. Miami International Airport, interestingly enough, is also known as MIA. What does MIA mean? I don't know. Missing in action? <laughs> so anyway, so yeah. So along with Cuba, we're also looking at Guantanamo Bay. The U.S. has that big facility out there, right? Now that we have a general idea that um, Afghanistan wasn't about war, right? Who are they locking up in, Af- in Guantanamo Bay? <laughs> no idea, right? But between Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and the, um, you know, Miami, you got a pretty good triple route there, okay? So a little bit of background about Cuba. How'd that little country in the middle of nowhere get to be such a big deal right now? At least to us it is. It'll become a bigger deal to you soon. Cuba is a founding member of the United Nations. Um it was signed after the war. All this stuff took place. I think it took until the '60s to get Cuba really going. What they're going over there, um, but Cuba has a single-party authoritarian regime where political opposition is not permitted. There are elections in Cuba, but they are not democratic. I'm not clear why you have elections, but even here they're called democratic, but it doesn't do anything, right, except for getting all engaged with each other, arguing about candidates. Censorship of information, including limits to Internet access, is extensive in Cuba. Control the crowd, you control the secrets. And independent journalism is repressed in Cuba. Reporters Without Borders has characterized Cuba as one of the worst countries in the world for press freedom. Yeah, you got to keep things in secret there in Cuba, right? You know what the whole world knowing what they're doing down there in Cuba. So what they did, this is where I'm kind of a little bit confused, because after the Spanish-American War, Spain and the United States signed the Treaty of Paris in 1898, by which Spain seceded Puerto Rico, the Philippines, and Guam, to the United States for the sum total of $120, $120 million. <laughs> I guess that was better than the Indians and some beads, right? Well, interestingly enough, Cuba and Puerto Rico have the exact same flags I just figured out today. So I, I don't know why they had the same flag. But anyway, so Cuba became a protectorate of the United States. Cuba, Cuba gained formal independence from the U.S. in May 20th, 1902 as the Republic of Cuba, okay? So, under Cuba's new constitution, the U.S. retained the right, this is where it gets tricky, to intervene in Cuban affairs and to supervise its finances and foreign relationships. Under the Platt Amendment, the U.S. leased the Guantanamo Bay Naval Base from Cuba. So, they said that they got financial independence, right? But then the U.S. retained the rights. They did the same thing in Palestine after the war. It was called the Balfour, B-A-L-F-O-U-R declaration. And just a simple version, they signed this declaration between the UK and I believe Palestine saying that you're going to be free. We set you free. Fly as free little birds. And really on the back end, it was as restrictive as it was before they left. And that's what I think happened here 
because they are one trick ponies, right? With this Cuba deal was they, they made this big agreement, made it look like they were leaving Cuba, but they retained complete control. So that doesn't make a lot of sense here, right? So um, they did two of seven pledges were to allow the U.S. to intervene unilaterally in Cuban affairs, okay, and the lease to lease the property. So I think we got a lot of things going on with Cuba here. And then just to sum this up, there was this quote that said, everybody's always helpless, right? Nobody knows how these things get done. Whoops, just happened, right? Why are they embargoing Cuba? I don't understand. They've been embargoed. It's the longest embargo in U.S. history, okay? So they said this. Since the Cuban Revolution of 1959, this is where they started to close them off. They were doing a little testing, a little bit of experiments. The Cuban government has consistently protested against the U.S. presence on Cuban soil, arguing that the base was imposed on Cuba by force and is illegal under international law. Since 2002, the naval base has contained a military prison for alleged unlawful combatants, captured in Afghanistan, Iraq, and other places during the War on Terror. Cases of torture of prisoners by the U.S. military and their denial of protection under the Geneva Consensus has been criticized. So the U.S. always gets criticized for torturing people, locking them up, and nothing ever happens. And now they're saying, hey, what's the deal with Cuba? We're we're going to keep embargoing them, but really in the back door, they're controlling Cuba. So we got some fascinating things to talk about tomorrow because this was too much to unpack in one show. There's some stuff going on in Cuba that actually kind of boggles the mind. So anyway, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to thank you very sincerely for joining in the comments over the hair deal. Um, we really need your help. And it's 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 hard. We're trying to come here to share information with you. And if we're working in the void, it's hard. And all of your information from the last show has been extremely valuable to us. We really appreciate it all. So please, the show is called Let's Chat, not pull up a chair and let me lecture to you. Okay, so. We can do this. We can do this. We're getting real close, and we're zooming in on Cuba. So who would have guessed down there in Cuba, right? Country's selling us all those poisons. <laughs> so anyway, so hasta luego, amigos. Vámonos a Cuba. <laughs>